All right, we're back to podcast. Hope everybody has had a good day in the Lord. Appreciate this morning and uh, what a blessing it was uh, to be in church. Had a great service, I felt like, and um, good singing. And I appreciate the Lord helping me while preaching. Uh, good to have visitors with us. Um, and uh, I, uh, I always appreciate Brother Robert and his family coming. And then, uh, of course, Brother Brian and Miss Juanita. Uh, known them, golly, known them a long time, and uh, so good to see them today. And I uh, hope y'all are listening, and uh, appreciate you being there. Going to Hebrew, <clears throat> excuse me, voices stripping from preaching a little bit. Going to Hebrews tonight, the book of Hebrews, chapter thirteen. We're wrapping up Hebrews, and then we're going to James on podcast, and then. I talked about the next in-person Bible study. It will be it will be January the fourth, first Wednesday in January. January the fourth, we'll be back to Bible study, and we're going to start some lessons on learning how to study, how to properly study the Bible. Um, and we'll get into the dispensations and just several several different. Uh, topics, but primarily study methods. We'll be going to the different study methods. So keep that in mind. Uh, and I will, uh, I'm excited about it. My, uh, you know, people talk about a passion and a calling and, and everything. And, uh, my passion is preaching, obviously preaching and studying. And it's very much, uh, also, because if if I learn it just to know it, that's no good. I, I want to know it to communicate it to you, to others. And and I, I, I love the Word of God so much. I love the Bible so much that I want people to know it too. I, I want people to understand it as well. I want other people to... To, to not just read it, but to study it, to make it an integral part of their lives. And uh, so that's my desire out of out of the study coming on, on teaching you how to learn the Bible. Uh, so we'll be doing that very soon, starting on uh, January the 4th, and I'm looking forward to that. Okay, Hebrews 13, wrapping up Hebrews now. And uh, Hebrews has been a great book. Again, it's I told you how it would unfold that it, it goes through about ten chapters of of how much better Christ is. Then it transitions to twelve or chapter eleven, chapter twelve, um, on the examples of those that have went before us, and then we get into chapter thirteen. And it's just about all practical stuff. It's almost like a closing. If if you've uh, you hear me preach, and and if you you notice how I preach, it'll be you kind of you kind of build towards something, and then once you close, you kind of close with the you know practical points. And that's how Hebrews does. Hebrews builds towards the betterment of Christ, how much better He is, and so forth. And then we get to Hebrews 11 and 12, and we get the examples of those that have went before us. And then we now arrive at Hebrews 13, and it gets very practical. So 
Let's look there, Hebrews 13. And it starts out with verse 1. Just very simple, very understated, if you please. And it's just simply, let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. Stay in brotherly love. Let it continue. Continue with it. Don't um, don't leave it off. Don't forget it. Um, beautiful, beautiful uh, text. Beautiful verse to let brotherly love continue. And that that that's that's we could preach an hour on that. And brotherly love is speaking of the brother and sister in Christ. To someone lost, you can't demonstrate brotherly love. You can demonstrate a godly love. You can love them. You can you can love them as, as Christ loves them. You can try to see them through the mind and the eye of Christ, but not as a brother and sister. Everybody's not a brother, and everybody's not a sister. But for somebody that's in the family of God, somebody that's in the 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 they're saved, they're brother and sister in Christ, and understanding that, and and based on that, we are to let our love, our brotherly love towards one another remain and continue, and that's how the, the chapter 13 begins. Chapter 13, verse 1, to let brotherly love continue. Verse 2, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. I used to, and, I, and I'm going to be quite frank with you, It's it's it used to be a lot easier to do this than it is now. But um, I've never really turned anyone away from, from being a blessing and, and trying to help that I can recall. Now, I don't always do it like they want, for instance. Um, now that, that, so let me clear this verse up first. Enter, to, to entertain strangers, that would mean to be a blessing to someone, to help someone in need. I remember often being at the grocery store, even, even back before, you know, I was just learning the walk of God. I just recently saved and... I've been approached by people in grocery stores and different places about, you know, money, wanting money, wanting, you know, different things. I never give money and never. Now, I don't turn them away. I'll say, hey, let me go buy you a burger. Let me go buy you a loaf of bread, you know, what what have you. And I've seen it, seen it upset some people and I've seen it, seen people be glad to get that. But I've, I've never really tried to turn people away because that could be an angel that God has put in my path to almost as a test to see if I'm going to help them, if I'm going to be a blessing to them. And so that's that's the thought here is to let brotherly love continue and and to consider it because you number one, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter if it's an angel or not, but it could be one. It could be an angel. And I wouldn't want to turn anybody away, but I sure wouldn't want to turn one of God's angels away that that he's put in my path as a test to see if I would help them as, a, as if I could help them. So understanding that we should be harmless, wise as serpents and harmless as doves also. 
you know, if, if there's a, if there's a worry or a concern or a possibility that somebody's going to misuse those funds for, for, you know, purposes of drugs or alcohol or something like that, then, um, I say, look, let me go buy you a hamburger. Let me buy you a plate of, of food, but I never try to turn anybody away. And, uh, I remember recently, man, I, this guy, he was so mad at me and, uh, I, I was pumping gas. It was at the BP just right up in Jackson park, right there at, at the CBS and everything. And he approached, he, uh, he approached another fella and he was wanting to drink. He was wanting a Gatorade, wasn't wanting booze. He wasn't, yeah, he's wanting, he asked, specifically asked for a Gatorade and guy turned him down. Well, here he come and, uh, he, uh, he wanted a Gatorade, and so I bought it. I, I, but you, you know, now if you you ask for me, you're, you're going to get witness to. Okay, that that's just the bottom line. You're going to get witness to. And so uh, he approached me, and I went in there and I got him a drink and I got him a Gatorade, and I, I come back out with it. And as I handed it to him, I I, I said, look, I said. Uh, I said, the Lord can take care of this. I said, he, he can help you and you can do better than this, you know. And he's, he's a grown man, he's a young strapping boy. And uh, I was trying to encourage him. And he got so mad, he got so mad. You don't know my story, you don't know this, you don't. I said, no, no, I don't. I said, but I do know where you can get help, and that's the Lord. And I said, not only that, as as he helps you, you, you as a man can do better than, than having to ask for a drink and uh, trying to encourage him, you know, trying to, to, and, but he didn't like it, but you know what? I was able to help him. I was able to be a blessing and I did it in a manner that, that I could witness and I could tell of the grace of God also. So that's just an example, but to entertain strangers unaware is, is what, what the, the text is. And so make sure you entertain, make sure you do right by people and you do right for people. Uh, if you've, if you've got the chance for thereby, some have entertained angels unawares. Hebrews 13, two, remember them that are in bonds. That's those that are in prison is bound with them and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. There's where we would get the verse for prison ministries. They might have committed vile acts. They might have done horrible deeds. But we should remember them and, and minister to them if, if we have the opportunity. Verse 4, marriage is honorable in all. And uh, the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. And that's plain. Uh, God acknowledges and honors the marriage bed. And that's, that's the context is the marriage bed. But a whoremonger, uh, somebody that is very is promiscuous and steps outside of of a marriage for for um, physical gratification or even emotional. But the context here is physical. Um, the Bible says God will judge that because it's tied in with adultery, and of course, adultery is has been commanded. Uh, uh, is a sin and taught against in the Bible from, from the Old Testament. So, whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge, but he honors the marriage bed. And so, when one steps out of that realm and they enter into 
relationships, physical relationships uh, outside of their marriage. Um, God, God says it's adultery, and, and he's going to, to judge that. And so that's pretty clear, pretty clear. And uh, adultery has been a, a terrible sin uh, that's, that's harmed and defiled and destroyed many, many marriages. And uh, we, we must always remember that. Um, remember them that are in bonds is bound with them, and them which suffer adversity is being your or I'm sorry, verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Conversation there is um, is your behavior. So our behavior in life should be without covetousness. Uh, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And so um, that that's beautiful. I love that verse right there. Okay, see how practical the just short, quick, practical points we see in the scriptures as as this is uh, winding down. Hebrews is winding down, and that, that's a great, great verse uh, that we see in our text here. And it, it's just so beautiful. We'll let your conversation, so that's behavior, be without covetousness, and that's that's uh, wanting more than 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 you have. Um, you know, because God shall supply all our needs. Let your conversation be without covetous. Be content with such things. Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. So we we're you know that's the beauty of contentment that the Bible teaches throughout, from Psalm twenty three to Philippians three. Be content with such things as you have, for He has said, "I will never leave thee nor forsake thee." So yeah, that's the that's. Do you realize? That promise right there is the only promise from anyone that that we can like. You'll hear you'll hear people say, "I'll never leave you." You know what? They will. Some will say, oh, "Everybody won't," but people will do it. I know that as well as anybody. Many of you know that as well as anybody. And your children, anybody, friends, children, church friends. People leave us. They forsake us. Family, they leave us. They forsake us. But he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that's a promise we've got from God that no matter who leaves us, he's given us his word. He's standing upon his word that he will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. And I, I I rest in that. I hope in that. That blesses me. That encourages me. That strengthens me. That he will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. That's I, I, a wonderful verse. Wonderful verse. Okay. He will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Let's go to the next verse. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Helper. And I will not fear what man shall do to me. So we should always do that. The Lord, you know, the Lord will. Lord being my helper, I'm going to do such and such. The Lord being my helper, I'm going to go and get this job done or what have you. And so we've got the promise that the Lord is my helper. And if that's the case, I'll never, you know, I know on jobs and and even UPS, different places, I know I'm misunderstood oftentimes. Um, 
I go, I'd go in, I'll, I'll do what I'm supposed to do. And, and I don't really, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and for, and fulfilling a job, knowing I'm really working for God, I'm not working for a boss man, but I'm working for God. I don't really worry about other people and what other people think preaching. I, I don't, I, you know, I appreciate people liking my messages. I do. You have no idea how that encourages me. Uh, Wayne said some things today that just put me on top of the world to put me on top of the world and uh, week in and week out, I'll get, I'll get people that will tell me, Hey, that was a great message. That message was for me. That message helped me that, you know, and I, it, I look, you have no idea what that does for me. That makes me want to charge hell all over again and, and go back and study more, study better for you and for God. But if nobody likes it, nobody wants to hear it, I still, that, that, that verse right there, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I've been in bad situations in churches, you know, to tough situations. I've been in situations where people didn't want to hear it. Didn't bother me. Not, not in the least. I know a lot of people say something don't bother them and it drives them. It does not bother me in the least. That's my word, I promise you. And the reason he is, is because I, the Lord's my helper, and I'll not fear what man shall do to me. Verse 7. Remember them which have the rule over you, have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. That's speaking of, of spiritual leadership. Okay, spiritual leadership. Remember them which have the rule over you. That just simply means... Those that are spiritual leaders uh, that God has put in your life, remember them. And it says, whose faith follow. You follow their faith. You know, I think about our church. Me and me and uh, Wayne were talking about it one time. And, and I've told you before that uh, C.S. Lewis made a statement. And he said, a friendship is started when, the, when you say to each other, oh, you too. Meaning, oh, you've been through what I've been through. We've been through this together. And, or we've been through a similar situation. You can understand one another at that point. And this verse right here, whose faith follow in verse 7, on those that have the rule over you, considering the end of their conversation, I think about that in our church. With the things that I've faced, the things that I've went through, I got through them through faith. It was not me. It was not. Sean Bregman was weak. I was terribly, terribly weak during that time. And, uh, but I had faith. And, you know, I, I, as I look and consider our church and, and folks that come from broken situations, whether it was broken marriages, broken churches, broken friendships, whatever, I do, I'm, I don't feel like I'm, I'm great at anything, but I do feel like you can look to my faith and follow that and say, you know what, my preacher got through that. My preacher did it this way when he went through what he was going through. I can follow that. That's what it says. That's simply what verse 7 says. Remember them which have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God. So we know that it's somebody that's teaching the scriptures to people whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. That's behavior. You consider the end of their behavior. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Look how great these verses are. Look how great 
what we're reading is. This is so great. Jesus, I mean, we've done read number one, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Now we're reading that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's never going to change. Jesus Christ will never change. We've got that promise. Verse 9, be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. So as you followed someone's faith who has taught you the word of God, now we've got the command to be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. Boy, you know, I, I don't know. Who, who knows how long we'll have a preacher at a certain place. But nothing hurts me more than once I've left a place. And it's happened at Emmanuel, and it didn't happen with everyone. It did not happen with everyone. In fact, Brian was one, and a lot of them that I still have contact with, Michael, and, and, and you know, it's different ones. They, when false doctrine come to them, and they it was in front of them after I was gone, they knew better because I had tried to teach them what, what good Bible doctrine was. And so connected with following the faith of someone and Jesus Christ being the same today, yesterday, and forever, we've got verse 9, to be not carried about with divers, that means diverse divers and strange doctrines. So diverse and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. So it's these that are teaching that meat, eating a certain type of meat or not eating a certain type of meat ties in with your spiritual life. We have an altar whereof they, they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle for the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the, into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. So this kind of refers to what I was talking about this morning, where you, you're without the camp. You're not within the sanctuary. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us, there, let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city. So we don't have a continuing city where where we abide in i might live in i've lived in canapolis i've lived in jefferson i've lived in landis i've lived in warrensville in the mountains um i've lived in several cities so we don't have a continuous city down here okay but we have no continuing city and uh the, but we we have watch this now verse number 15 verse 14 but we seek one to come. That is, we seek heaven. That is our eternal home. You know, I I, I like I like living in the mountains. I just do. I, I'm Lord may I may end up going to heaven from there. I don't know. I, I enjoy it. But no matter where I live, no matter where I'm at, this is not my continuing city. My city that's going to be forever is in heaven. And that's what the Bible's teaching here. We have no continuing city, but we've got one to come. Verse 15, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So the sacrifice of praise would be praise when you don't even feel like praising. You know, giving him praise when you don't feel like giving him praise. 
that's that is a sacrifice of praise. So so bear that in mind, okay? So you see how great and practical this this portion of Hebrews is. It's a great, great chapter in the Bible. We may not finish it. We may have to come back to it Wednesday night before we go into James. And then um verse number 17 he comes back to that spiritual leadership and spiritual rulership and says obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they must give account let me talk about that for a minute i do not give account for your actions i do not give account for your deeds your words but that Bible says right there, I will give account for what I've taught you. So there is a great indication in Scripture here that at the judgment seat of God, judgment seat of Christ, I, as well as anyone else that has tried to teach you truth, will also be present. Now, I'm going to give account for my own self. And I'll give account for people that have tried to teach me truth. But the Bible says here, look, obey them, Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account for they may do it with joy and not with grief for that it is unprofitable for you. So the Bible is teaching us there that at the judgment seat of Christ, when you're given an account and you say that you don't understand or you didn't do it, God asks you about a decision made in your life and whether you have the truth about it or not, you cannot, well, you can't lie to God. And the indication is, that God turns to us who have taught the word and communicated truth and as if to say, did you preach this to them? Did you teach them this? Did you show them this truth? And if if my answer is to the affirmative, and God knows, if my answer is to the affirmative, then he turns back to you and says, look, you you they attempted to teach you. Now, you think about everybody that hates truth. You think about people. Some of you, you you know people that have heard me preach and teach them that stuffed their ears. They hated it. They didn't want to hear it. They grew to not like it. I'm telling you, at the judgment, and, and Sean Brimman's gone out of their lives. They've left me or I've gone, moved on or whatever. The scriptures indicate that this ain't that ain't the last they'll see of me, that we'll be at the judgment seat of Christ together, me giving an account for did I teach them the truth or not. So that's what I live for. I don't live for you or someone else liking truth or not liking truth that I'm teaching. I live for the fact that I'm going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and answer whether or not I taught the truth. That's what the Bible says. Verse number 18, pray for us. For we trust that we have a good conscience and all things willing to live honestly. Pray for me. Pray for you. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. That's what that verse is teaching. If we can't do nothing else for somebody else, we can pray for them. But I beseech you the rather to do this that I may be restored to you sooner. Okay? 
Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect. That means mature in every good work to do his will. So the Bible's telling us anything he wants us to do, he will make us mature to be able to do it through teaching, through the Holy Spirit, through people and preachers that he puts in your life to teach you. Make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation. That means allow it. That's what suffer means. Allow. That like in, over there in, in Timothy where the Bible says, I suffer not a woman to teach or to usurp authority over a man. That means I don't allow that. God is not allowing it. Men in churches might allow it, but God doesn't allow it. Make you perfect, uh, or verse 22, and I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation. That means allow it. Allow you to be exhorted and encouraged in the word of God. For I have written a letter unto you in a few words. Know ye our brother Timothy. That's This is why we do, is another reason we might have an inclination that Paul wrote Hebrews. He refers to our brother Timothy. Now, Paul also refers to him as being our son, his son in the faith. So it may not have been Paul. It could have been another brother in the Lord. But he refers to Timothy. He is set at liberty with whom, if he comes shortly, I will see you. Salute all them that have the rule over you and the saints. They of Italy salute you. Grace be with you all. Amen. So obviously... Here among the Hebrew writers, or among the Hebrew people, there is some illusions and there's some issues with believing and submitting to the Word of God and those that, that teach it and probably having some problems with people that teach the Word of God. And God's trying to clear that up, saying, look, you need to listen to them. They're trying to help you. They're trying to benefit you. And that's how I want to leave this. I, You know... I, I've been at this a long time, and I've I've had a lot of people turn away, a lot that didn't want to hear it, a lot did want to hear it. Um, but at the end of the day, I do what I do because I want. I, number one, I want to follow God, but number two, I just want to help people. I just want to help them, and I don't. I've never seen nothing in this world that will help people more than the Word of God. It's the eternal help. And so that's that's where Hebrews is leaving this. That's where the writer is leaving this, is listen and learn from those that want to teach you the Bible. All right, that, that closes out uh, Hebrews. We'll be in James on Wednesday night. I hope you've enjoyed it, and I will talk to you Wednesday. Have a great week. Good night. God bless. Pray for me, and I love you.